Welcome to our podcast. This is David King. I want to take just a second and thank you for joining us. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right. I want to take just a second and look into the cameras and welcome those of you that are watching online right now at shallowoutreach.com. A big shout out to all of you that are listening to the podcast, all of the ladies at our campus at the Claiborne County Detention Center. Look, we love you all so very much, and we're just so excited and honored to be a part of what God is doing in your life. And I want to give a big shout out to all of you at our Taswell location, the Wild Bunch over there. Come on. Like you've never done it before. Come on, church. Let's come together and give each other a big hand. Would you do that? Awesome, awesome. All right. We started off a little different today and uh, going to have some worship at the end. Uh, and, and so uh, I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing. I mean, I am excited about what God is doing, and uh, we're going to talk about that today and, and uh, what's happened in the last week. Last Sunday, we began 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do that every year, and uh, it's just been a powerful time. I can't think of a time that, uh, more powerful than last Sunday night. And then uh, the following Monday, um, 146 of you show up for prayer. I've never heard of anything like that before. And, uh, and just you can see God moving uh, in such a powerful way right now. It's been something. And I'm believing for that today, you know, just for, for, the, for the now for us. And uh, uh, I know there's a lot of you right now that say, you know what, I need that. I need a, I need a touch from God. I need a move, you know. Um, I told everybody this before that uh, in 2018, I had a... Uh, I had a season. I'd been here. I'd been here for a while then too, you know. And uh, and I had gotten into this thing where that you you kind of get used to doing messages. You get used to doing what you do, and you become pretty prolific at it. And so it wasn't that hard to do. And and uh, most of my study, or all of it, to be honest, during that time became study for Sunday mornings or or prayer about something concerning the church in my personal relationship with the Lord spiraled down. It, it got worse and worse and worse, and I just felt like I was distant from God and was not in a good place. Now, I'm thankful that, you know, I, there was nothing. I didn't do anything that was bad or anything like that or create a problem, but, but I was in, not in a good place. And I think some of you can relate to that. And um, I was talking to my pastor, one of mine, and uh, I've got four of them, and, uh, and I was talking to one of them. And I said, you know, telling them the situation, where I am, this is where I feel like I am. And he said, look, I, you got to get, you, 21 days was coming up. He said, you've got to get back into prayer and Bible study every day. And not for messages, but, but for your own relationship with the Lord. And so I did that. I went into a time of fasting and prayer uh, in 2019, right at the very beginning. And I tell you, the Lord restored me. And so ever since then, I've had this habit uh, it's become a habit now where that I study God's Word every day. Every morning I get up and read the one-year Bible at least, minimum, do a devotion, prayer, study, and, and it's kept me in a healthy place. I've been in, a, been in a healthy place as far as my relationship with the Lord is concerned. But then, you know, here in the last few months, you know, I've been feeling that it's not that my relationship with the Lord was bad, but I was just getting a little church-weary. 
Oh, wow, I can't believe a pastor just said that. Somebody like, somebody like I'm looking for another church. That's it. <laughs> you know, but I, I, you're, I don't, some of you, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it, it felt like, you know, just the church, just a little church weary, just a little tired, you know, and, and uh, just feeling the, just like, you know, I mean, I, I remember uh, thinking, Lord, I think I'd like to do something else. <laughs> Like to you know do something else for a while and uh, for a living and or whatever and just do something else and and of course there was there was never a moment when I felt like the Lord was letting me out of that <laughs> I, I wasn't about to leave or nothing like that but I wanted to in my heart and some of you are in the same shape right now some of you at the Tazewell location some of you ladies you know you're in the same shape right now that I was in. And I, so I just, but you work through it. You know, I've been serving the Lord long enough to know that you can't follow your feelings and your emotions. If you do, you'll follow them off of a cliff, everybody. You just don't do that. You have to, you know, you have to follow the Lord. And what is the Lord saying? Not, not what your feelings or your emotions is saying. And so, and I did that and I just, you know, and I come into this 21 days and I come in anticipating a move. I, I have really, I don't know when I've believed that God was going to do more than, than what I've been believing for this time. And so we come last Sunday night, everybody, and it was so powerful of a service. I, I don't know when I've felt that before, it, I, I just or, or more anyway, and, uh, and it revived me. I mean, it, it, it has revived me. I, that's all I can say is it, it has done something inside of me. And, I, and ever since, I've been praying for you to be able to experience the same thing, to be able to experience a personal revival, you see. We need that. you got to be vibed to be revived. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. I'll give you a chance to be vibed if you've never been vibed. But, but today, I want to talk about being revived. To, to experience in a revival and we're going to look at a little different than I normally do we're going to go verse by verse at what Jesus says about this and 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 he talks about it to his disciples so we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 5 and and and, and take a deeper look here today now Jesus saw the crowds he 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 saw the crowds he he was at this place where he was he was in a little lower spot we know and we know there was a lot of people there a lot of people and he went up a mountainside. He began to climb, you see. And, and then it says, his disciples came to him. Note this. The crowd did not come to him. The disciples came to him. Jesus chooses at this moment to climb. He chooses to go up to a higher place so that the people that wanted to go to the next level would be able to go to the next level. And so you see that his disciples actually came to him, not the crowd, and he began to teach them. He began to show them the way out of this. He began to show them what a personal revival looks like and, and, and the results of it. And so in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed is the poor in spirit. When I... When I was young, and, and uh, in, in my day, everybody, I'm a little older than most, probably, or some of you here anyway. In my day, we had to work <laughs> when I was young, you know, and I had a paper route. Anybody, you got paper route people in here? 
You, you probably still got debt from that, right? I mean, it was, it was a horrible thing. But I had a paper route, and, and at the end of the, uh, uh, of the paper route was a store, and we had a little account there at the store, and every time you'd get your payday from the paper route, you'd pay it back to the store, you know, for your stopping and getting, uh, um, you know, some uh, Debbie cakes and chocolate milk or whatever. And, but I remember going into this little country store, now, I didn't have a church background, and I don't know anything about that world at all, but I, I walked in, and uh, they would say this, the rich man is going to hell. Anybody heard that? I mean, I, all the time. I remember them saying that all the time. They'd be talking about the rich man. The rich man is going to hell. And I remember back then, you know, I didn't know much about anything like that, but I would think, you know, I got a paper route. I should be good. <laughs> I mean... No problem here, you know. I'm sure my $30 every two weeks, I was going to be all right, you know. And uh, but I didn't understand that at all. And I, I you know, there's a, some biblical misunderstanding on the definitions of poor and the definitions of rich and, and, and what it means. Um, you know, you, you, what if you think about it this way? The Bible says that God made Abraham rich. He made David rich. He made Solomon rich. Is it possible that being rich has nothing to do with how much you have? You see, the, uh, the truth of the matter is, and I think if we, especially if we look into our own hearts, a lot of times the reason that people that have more come under fire more is because of envy and jealousy, to be honest. And so, if we're honest with ourselves, I think, and I was just thinking about what, what is the biblical definition of poor? When Jesus said, blessed are the poor, was he talking about blessed are the people that may not have a dollar in their pocket? Or is he saying something completely different? You see, the New Testament kingdom of God de definition of rich and poor. The, wor the, the word poor there means this. It means to be in need. It, it, it's a person that has a need. You see, and, and, and Jesus is saying, talking about himself here, he, he, talking about our focus toward him. He said, blessed are they that need him. Blessed are they that in a, they're in a place in life where they, it's not that they have so much that they don't need God anymore. See, that's the trouble a lot of times when we get a lot of things is that we find our security in the things rather than finding our security in Him and we become rich in that way. You see, the definition of rich really is this. It's when you have more than you can be faithful to God with. You know, I've asked the Lord this over the years several times. Lord, don't give me more than I can be faithful to you with. I, I, don't, I don't want more than that. I, I, I just want what, what, I don't know what that number is in my life, but I want to be faithful with whatever you give me, and I want to be able to trust you and keep myself in a place where I'm poor or keep myself in a place where that I am in need of you constantly and I'm not trusting in stuff or in things or any of that kind of stuff, but rather trusting in you. To realize that all we need is Jesus, everybody. That all we need is the presence of the Lord. And, that, and the presence of the Lord will change everything. It'll change everything. One moment will change everything. And then he goes on to say this in 5 and 4. He said, blessed are those that mourn. The, the word mourn there is a, is a word that you would use for a loss. 
You know, if you, if you lose somebody or, or you have a loss, the, the word mourn is um, um, pantheos. It, it, it means to, it's a grief that is caused by loss. See, I think it's possible that God will dry up the well in our life so that we will come out of that and seek Him. I, I think the reason in my life that I was kind of getting tired of church is because what I really needed was not to quit church and not to quit corporate worship and not to quit being a part of what God is doing. No, no, no. What I really needed to do was to begin to seek God again and His power and His presence in my life and not put that over it or have that replacing it. And it, it's possible that it has. Now, I don't know where you are in this. I have no idea where you are. And if, you, if you're in a place where you've been doing this long for a while and, and maybe church has just become the substitute. But I'll tell you, if it has become the substitute, my prayer for you is that God will dry up that well. That you'll get to a place where it's not enough anymore. That you get to a place where you need to seek Him, you see. And then He goes on, Jesus says, He's setting this up. He's setting the stage for what it looks like. And then he says this. He said in 5 and 5, he said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The word meek there is someone that has um, strength that's under control. It, it, it's someone that is being guided by the power and the presence of the Lord. It, it, it's, it's someone that, that doesn't accept just the you know, following of the flesh, if you will, or something like that. It's someone that has strength. That's under control. Imagine Jesus for just a minute on the cross and he says, this is the same one now that has the power to call down legions of angels and put an end to all of that. You know, everybody, all of us need to be thankful that it wasn't me. I probably would have. <laughs> been it for them guys, you know. But, but not, no, uh-uh. Strength under control. Jesus is on the cross and he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Strength under control control and Jesus is setting this up and in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 he says blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are those that are hungering those that are thirsty those that have gotten to a place where the same old is not acceptable anymore to those that's got to a place where that we just need his presence, where we need his power, where we need to be able to experience. Listen, I want to say this, folks, and I, I love the Word of God, I study the Word of God, and I live the Word of God and all of that, but I tell you, this is not about what we know. What I'm talking about is this. Have you had an experience with God that's changed your life? One moment in the presence of the Lord can change everything, and I tell you, it can bring a revival to you. It can bring you to a place where you're just absolutely revived and you're new again and, and a fresh wind has come your way. But it requires a hunger and a thirst. It, it, it requires us to want to seek Him for more, you see. To not be satisfied with the same old stuff over and over and over again, but to say, you know what? And like even now or even this evening at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a service and I'm believing God to move in a powerful way. But I tell you, you'll miss it if you sit on the couch. 
It requires a hunger and a thirst to go after it. And, and, and if I tell you, if you're in a place right now where you're feeling that way, you feel like the, the well is dry and you feel like, you know what, I'm just, I'm kind of tired of the routine and I'm kind of tired of the same old thing and, I, and I'm getting kind of weary of all of that, then I want to ask you to do this. I want to ask you to just dig deep and get a hunger and a thirst for righteousness because there's a promise behind this. There's a promise behind this, everybody. And, he, and it's this. He says, for they will be not could be might be maybe they will be filled and the feeling is the answer the feeling is the answer for what's going on in some of you right now and I don't know how many people that I've talked to that says you know what I want more I, I, a lot of you are feeling a drawing right now for more and, and, and seeking and you can see that in the number of people that's coming out for prayer and seeking right now and experiencing God, and, and maybe in ways that you've never experienced Him before. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. It'll change your life. You'll be filled, filled with Jesus. And then He begins to show us what happens after you're filled. Because everything changes now in this. He talks about being poor in need. He talks about mourning that loss of the presence and power of God in your life. And he, and he goes through being hungry and thirsty. He's just talking about the draw the whole time. He's climbed this mountain and he's teaching on this stuff. And, and the whole time so far, he's just talking about the drawing part of it. Is it possible that you're going through the things that you're going through because God is really drawing you in? You see? I think that's exactly what was happening to me the whole time. And I'll be honest, I didn't see it. I, I, I didn't see that. I didn't know that was what was happening. But the whole time I can look on it now and say, you know what? God was just doing nothing but drawing me out. And then they're filled, then everything changes. Verse 5, verse 7 rather. Blessed are the merciful. All of a sudden, now it's different. They're filled, and he says, and the first thing is they're, they're merciful. You see, what happens, to, what creates mercy in a person's life and what creates the ability to forgive is when you know that you have experienced mercy in your life and you know that you've experienced forgiveness in your life. See, one of the things that I've always done if I struggle with forgiveness is I just weigh out how much I've been forgiven of versus what somebody else has done to me. And if I do that, I always lean like this. I'm always thinking, you know, hey, whew, I've been forgiven of a whole lot more than anybody has ever done to me in my life. And therefore, since that's the case, I need to be forgiving or I need to be merciful. Being merciful is for your benefit. Giving people the benefit of the doubt, your benefit. But I'm going to tell you what it is here. It's a God trait. And it's a God trait of a person that has been filled. It's a person that has come in hungry and thirsty. And they have been filled. And that feeling has changed their life. They're different. They're merciful. The other benefit, of course, he says here, is that the merciful are shown mercy. And how many of you know yourself to know that Sooner or later, you're going to need it. Come on, somebody. Huh? Verse 8. 
Then he goes on to say, look at the results of this feeling now. The results, blessed are the pure in heart. He says, not only is that person that is filled, not only are they merciful, not only are they forgiving, not only are they giving people the benefit of the doubt, not just that, no. He says, not just that, that, that this revival has brought in their life, but it is a pureness of heart, you see. To be able to just to go to God and say, you know, Lord, today I'm hungry. And I, uh, you, listen, I love church, everybody. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love church and I love corporate worship and I love you all. And, and, I, and it's not that you necessarily, you don't like any of that anymore or anything like that. If you're feeling this way, what's happened is, is that sometimes we can get so used to going through the motions that the motions take over. We can, go, we can get so used to doing the same thing that the same thing takes over. And God just simply doesn't want to be replaced with any of that. You see, all of this stuff is great, and we're doing a lot of great things for the kingdom of God and see a lot of people saved and lives changed and all of that. But I tell you, it's not a replacement for the power and the presence of God in your life. There's no substitute. And if you're in need of a revival, if you're in a place right now in your life where you, if you were honest, you're just looking into your own heart, you know, and you just ask the Holy Spirit right now, Lord, show me, me. You know, I've learned you can't do much about the person beside you or, you know, the person that you'd like to change. But, but you can ask the Lord, Lord, show me, me. Where am I right now? And his response to that will give you an opportunity to come toward him. I love Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 is just the, it's a story of, a, of God calling. And in the same way, you know, like right now, just calling. Calling people. I believe the Lord's calling people right now. Isaiah 55 and 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Now, I know this can be a little bit, I understand. I understand that the Lord will not leave us nor forsake us, and I'm not saying that. And I don't really understand what I'm about to tell you completely, but I don't have to understand everything. He's God, I'm not. And I'm good with that, okay? Real good with that, actually. But there's seasons, folks. There's seasons. There's seasons when the presence and power of God is just sweeping across, and, and there's seasons when, when you feel like you're just in the valley or whatever. There's seasons that move. And I don't understand exactly how all of that works, but I can tell you right now, we're in a season where God is moving, and we need to seek the Lord while he may be found. To, to, to dive into the water while the water is stirring, if you will. And call on him while he is near, you see. To just, to just seek out and, and with everything within us, you know what I mean? I tell you, it would be a good thing to get sick and tired of the same old thing and not accept it anymore. To accept nothing short of the power and the presence of God in our lives, everybody. We need it. To become poor 
You see, to become desperate, to, to have, it, have the need and say, you know what, none of the other stuff that we've been wealthy in for so long is going to suffice, but what we need, Lord, is you. He says, seek him while, they, while he may be found, while he is near. And then verse 7, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. In other words, we have to clear our minds up here, folks. There's some things on our end that we need to do. And I've been talking about this during the 21 days. I've been in a, been in a fasting season and a pr- time of prayer to be able to put the flesh into subjection to the spirit. And I'll tell you, I've, I've talked to plenty of you right now that, that learned this. You don't know how strong the flesh is until you start denying it some of the things it loves so much. And when you set these two things in order and, you, and, and, and going from being led of the flesh to being led of the spirit, I tell you, everything changes at that moment. And he said, let them forsake their thoughts. And, I, you know, I've, been, I've, I've thought a lot about this and I'm going to try to help. I'm not trying to hurt anybody right now or trying to be hard on anybody right now. But, but I'll tell you this, folks. We would not have to face some of the battles that we face in our mind if we would pay more attention to what goes in our ears and our eyes. To go back to that, be careful, little eyes, what you see. That song should have been written when everybody had an iPhone in front of them. Amen? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because you'll find yourself in a battle in your mind that's unnecessary. You see, it's not about the rules or anything of any of that kind of stuff. And it's not about the religious kind of thing or nothing like that. This is about a God that wants the very best for you. And some of these battles that we're facing is not necessary if we just regulated more what goes in, you see. He said, let the wicked forsake their ways, the unrighteous their fault. Let them turn to the Lord. That word turn is the word repent, to turn. And then he goes on, and, and, I will, and he will have mercy on them and to our God... For he will freely pardon. So the Lord, think about the Lord this way. The Lord's sitting there like this the whole time, begging us to come, begging us to forsake the wicked things that's destroying our lives, begging us to come out of all of that. And and, and he's given us an open door, an open door to access, open door to forgiveness, you see. And then he goes on to say this in, in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. He, he doesn't think like we do. He's not, he's not pulled into that kind of a thing. And, and what we have to do in order to, to get this right is we have to line up our thoughts with his thoughts, everybody. You see what I'm saying? That the Lord wants something for us here. Neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. Prayer is not about lining God up with our desires. Prayer is about lining us up with God's. We are lining up with the will of God and what, with what God is doing when we pray, not trying to line God up with us, you see. Why? Because his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways, not our ways, you see. And then verse 9, he goes on to say this, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You cannot come to the end of a God in whom there is no end. He's all-powerful, everybody. There's no arriving time here. 
There's, there's no time when, when, we've, when we've made it or whatever, you see. That, that, there's more is what I'm trying to say. I, I've talked to so many people right now, and I don't know how many really have said to me, I just, I've been seeking more. I've been seeking more. It's like God is drawing people into this time that we're in right now, and he's pulling them in like this, and they got this somewhere inside of you. You know there's more. And you know why? Because there is more. And I want I, I to challenge you to step into the water to the place where you have to swim. Ankle deep. Just not getting it anymore, you see. Amen. Not working. Heavens are higher. Verse 10. And the rain, the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed to the sower and the bread and the eater. And then he goes on to say, verse 11, so my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty. His words are in him, yes and amen. They are the truth, you see. And so what we do, we stand on those promises that he's given us. And he says, I will accomplish what I desire and I will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And, and I was thinking about this verse earlier and I thought, you know, that's exactly what he's been doing in my life. It wasn't that he was trying to turn me away from all of this. It was that he was trying to draw me into him. And sometimes he has to remove the things that we've placed in our life that has replaced him. Dry up the well so we can become thirsty, you see. So the, the substitute can leave and the real deal can come in. And he says in verse 12, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. How many of you know how good does that sound to you right now? To have joy and to have peace. To have joy and and to have peace. And he's promised us this. He has promised us this. But who, who is this for? This is for the person that's just tired of the same old. This is for the person that don't want to go through the rituals anymore. This is for the person that knows deep inside there's more. This is for the person that's seeking right now. And I tell you, if you'll, if you'll come out of there and just begin to seek and, and believe God for great and mighty things and believe that he can do more and believe that he's a miracle-working God, I'm telling you, one moment in the presence of the Lord will change your life forever. You all, I'm preaching better than your amen in today. You all like, what's happened to him? He's a teacher. <laughs> I'm excited about this. Amen. I am. I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about what God is going to do in your life. I'm telling you, if we'll call on him, he'll show us great and mighty things that we know not. There is more. That's a word for somebody. There is more. There's more. And you'll have joy. and You'll be led forth in peace. And, and the mountains and the hills, they'll burst into a song before you. They'll burst into a song and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. I mean, the, the world is going to rejoice. Changes our perspective on everything. And in the beginning, he said, seek the Lord while he can be found. While he is near. 
And you all, you've been here, some of you have been here as long as I've been here or longer. You've never heard me say this. I don't think you've ever heard me say this. Now's the time, folks. Don't miss it. Don't, don't miss the visitation. Now's the time. Now's the time to draw out of that. Now's the time to seek. Now let me speak to those of you just a minute that's in the running stage of this because these same verses apply to you. Same ones. If you're running from God. To those of you that have never experienced what it's like <clears throat> to be born again, to have your life changed forever like that, to have a heart, to all of a sudden realize that, that instantly you love the things you used to hate and hate the things you used to love. <laughs> I mean, different. That God just does something in here, changes you. You know what he said about you? He said, blessed are the poor. Blessed are you that have come to an understanding that you need God. And then there's that conviction of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. That's what a conviction's like, right? Is that what you're going through right now where you're just dealing with this? <laughs> I used to go to work and cry. Folks, I don't think I cried my whole life over anything. I, I never cried about anything. And I find myself going to work in construction and, and I would have tears streaming down my cheeks. Blessed are they that mourn. You see. And then he says this. He, he goes on to say, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. God bringing you to that place where you're filled. And I'll tell you, when you're born again in your field, you'll be merciful, you'll be a peacemaker, you will be different. And I've had several people over the years to say, you know what, I just, I'm not sure. Maybe there's one of you at the Tazewell location right now, that's how you feel inside, I'm just not sure. Ladies at the detention center and online. This is hard to hear, but it's the truth, and I've got to do this. If, you do, if you've never experienced what it's like to have your complete soul covered in the Spirit of God and to have all the sin and the weight of that sin lifted off of you and have a heart change, I am talking about a miracle work in your life. If you've never experienced that, then it's not happened. If you're wondering... Whether or not, it's just not. And I want you to know today that if you'll hunger and thirst, if God's brought you to the place of hungering and thirsting, it's so that you can be filled and your life be changed forever. He not only changed my life forever, but I tell you, he changed my family, the whole trajectory. My whole family began to just a ripple effect that began to take place. He wants to do that for you. And I want to give you an opportunity to come to the Lord while he is near, because he's here right now. He is here with you right now at the Tazewell location. He's here. And if he's knocking on your, you know it. You know it. I don't, but you do. Ladies at the detention center, you know it. I remember. In a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a part of a prayer. We all pray this together. All of us at all the locations together. We do that because we're family. 
But really, the reason that we close our eyes and bow our heads is because we want to give you a moment that's between you and God. That's what it's really about. It's between you and Him. That's how come I don't bring anybody to the front or uh, stand anybody, none of that kind of stuff. It's between you and Him. And we do the prayer together because just to help you to know what to say. And all you have to do is mean it. I mean, if it comes out of your heart, the Lord will respond to it. And I promise you this, you'll never be the same. So I want to ask if you would, all of the locations right now, bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a minute. Let's give everybody a moment of privacy. And we'll get our teams to come this way and help me. But if you're in here right now, you know, you know God's dealing with you. You know he's dealing with you. And you know there's more, and you just and you just and you've been in a in a state of mourning, really. You you've been sad, don't know why. There's a heaviness upon you, a weight that has been upon you. And you're just not sure why. If that's you right now, and you just wanna you wanna be a part of that prayer, you're just tired of running. Just tired of it. You wanna say yes to Jesus and be filled forgiven and free that's you right now to any of our locations because this is before the Lord right now would you do this would you just lift your hands up and say that's me God bless you God bless you I see you I see you I see you here I see you in the back over here I see you anybody else so proud of you at the Tassel location right now ladies at the detention center so proud of you you know, and those of you that are just watching online right now, you can respond. See, God, he's everywhere. He's the one you're responding to. We're going to all say this prayer, and if, you'll, if it'll just pour out of your heart, God's going to change your life, permanently change your life. So let's all do this together like family. Let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins and today I will believe that the price you have paid on the cross is more than enough for the sins I have committed today I will trust you as both Lord and Savior of my life in Jesus name Amen, amen. Taz, why don't you stay with me for just a minute? I want Taz will stay with me for just a minute. I want you to stand with me if you would. I want all of our locations just to stay because I want we're going into a moment here, everybody. We're going to worship for a while. Not going to be in a hurry to leave. If you need to leave, that's up to you. I understand. We're just going to take our time. And at both of our locations, we've got a cross. This cross is for the 21 days we're doing this. And there's prayer requests all over the place here. Prayer requests at the Tazewell locations full. We're asking people to pray over those prayer requests. But there's also a card there that you can fill out a prayer request for somebody. All of this is available to you while we worship. There's also communion there if you would like to take communion. And just maybe if you want to go back to your seat or come here in the front and just receive communion. If you need prayer for anything, let me know. I'll pray with you. But let's do this right now. Let's just, let's give God our very best. Amen, everybody. Let's, let's have a hunger and a thirst right now for Him. Lord, fill us today. 
Lord, fill us today as we worship you and we seek you today, Lord. Those that are desiring more, Lord, continue to draw them in. And Lord, today I just pray for an outpouring today, Lord, an outpouring of your Spirit upon each and every one under the sound of my voice. Lord, take us to that higher place as we climb the mountain, Lord, and you teach us your word and your Spirit is with us, Lord. Draw us closer. Draw us closer. And Lord, right now, I thank you for that in advance. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you, Lord, for answering these prayer requests. I thank you that you are still a miracle-working God. More than able. More than able. And in everything, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him, everybody. Let's give God our best right now.
Let's worship him, everybody. He's worthy of our praise. Lord, we set our focus on you right now. We set our focus on you. Who is the great King of glory? Seated on high in the heavens, oh, Jesus, you Jesus, you. 
ready to go into worship. James, I want you to stay with me here for just a minute. And we're going to be here in the front just for a minute. And I want to get James is going to come back up here and help me. He's one of the original elders here, everybody. And if you need prayer for anything at all, let's just let's just begin to seek him right now. If you need prayer for anything at all, don't hesitate. I know there's a hesitation. Like, I don't know if I should. No, don't hesitate. Just don't want you to come forward and let us pray with you right now. Let us believe with you as two or more coming together. So let's do that right now. Let's just seek him. Let's just give God our very best right now, everybody. Let's just concentrate on him. Let's seek him.
Let's give God our very best right now. Let's worship Him. do that one more time if you would close your eyes with me let's just lift our hands to heaven right now Lord we thank you so much we thank you so much sing that one more time everybody let's just sing holy 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 let's give God our best Thank you for paying a price for us that we could not pay for ourselves. And Lord, I just thank you for, for your sweet spirit in this place. And Lord, right now I'm believing you even for greater, mightier things, Lord. That those prayer requests that's been made all, all across, Lord, at the Tazewell location here in Middlesboro, all, Lord, that they're going to be answered because you are a miracle-working God. Lord, I thank you for healing that's taking place. I thank you for drawing people to you. I thank you for saving souls today, Lord. I thank you for lives being changed. I thank you that those in hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And Lord, we give you the glory for that. All the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise right now, everybody? Can we do that? Come on, we can do better than that. Let's give him a praise right now. He's worthy. Wow, wow, wow. Tonight, we're going to be here 6 o'clock tonight. And, uh, and I just ask you, come out. Please, the Lord's drawing you. You're believing for more. You want to just have a powerful experience with the Lord than hunger and thirst. Come out for that. Amen. I want to encourage you to do that tonight. It's going to be good. My, uh, the pastor that was preaching the day I got saved is going to be here tonight. And so I'm excited about that, and it's just going to be good, everybody. I'm believing for that. And for those of you today that lifted your hands, I saw hands all over. 
for those of you that said yes today to Jesus, I want to help you with this. This is